Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. (laughs) Hello? Hello. Hello. How are you? Well... You might be able to smell Hollywood A-lister on me. I've just interviewed What have tourism. you been doing in the toilet? <laughs> Getting dangerously close to famous people and smelling them. No, um, I just interviewed Chris Evans and Anna de Armas. You know, she was the Bond girl. Yes. She's the Cuban actress. And he's Captain America. Wow. Um, yeah, I just interviewed them for Heart Breakfast. They were very, they were lovely. Like Anna, wore. she's so beautiful and so talented. Chris was a little smaller than I thought. Oh, oh, that's a bit disappointing, isn't it? I think sometimes? they all are. Like, I think, <laughs> apart from like Chris Hemsworth, who's clearly massive, I think a lot of them are like, the, the male actors are quite little. Do you think they wear heels? They do, don't they? They wear cowboy heels. I, I <laughs> see so many of them. He came in yee-hawing. Yee-haw! <laughs> do you like my new Cubans? So that's why you're late for this podcast, is it? <laughs> so sorry, guys. But, yeah. Better things to do. <laughs> I literally was like, I'm desperate to speak to this guest. Can you just hurry it up, please, guys? Hurry it up. Hurry it up. How are you, George? I'm all right. We're actually getting ahead. Um, I'm recording this podcast a week early because I'm going to be in a camper van and I'm guessing there's going to be no signal. Um. Yeah. So right about now, I'll either be loving life or crying and checking into a hotel. What, what right. are you placing your bet on? Well, I think it's going to be the latter. God, I really want to prove everyone wrong here. What I'm going to do is when you're away, I'm going to put up a box on um, IG <laughs> and I'm going to go, right, does everyone think that Georgia's having a nice time now or do we think she's thrown all of her toys out the pram and she's gone to the nearest hotel that's got a comfy double bed? Uh, I mean, we'll give the we'll power see. back to the listener. Okay? Yes, yeah. I'm hoping that the weather is going to hold. It's going to be gorgeous, and then she. I think that will make it, won't it? But anyway, I'm, I'm actually learning so much about what you pack when you go in camper vans and what you need and all of this kind of stuff that I've never thought about before. No, do you so, know what? I'm actually really jealous that you're doing it because I think it's so lovely. Like, I love the idea of going camping with the kids. I love the idea of exploring Scotland. It's such a beautiful country. You know, every time I go up there, see Dawson's dad, there's a yeah, big part of, course, of me that feels yeah. that, you know, I just want to move the kids up there for a completely different upbringing. It is stunningly beautiful. So I think we're all, we're all really interested to see how it goes. So they put out your itinerary or do you just kind of no, go off? we've sort of done it, but only because we have friends 
friends there so they've yeah. kind of given us like a few places to go we've got a bit like the end is kind of open we haven't got anything booked so we're just going to see where it takes us and know. is it a week in the camper van and do you fly up and pick it up from there so yeah so we we're actually getting the train up because it's the first day of the school holidays and I thought I don't really need to fly up so we'll just get the train and it's only four hours and then we're staying in a hotel on the first night um not gonna lie I probably will go for a blow dry um <laughs> and <laughs> and then the last night we've got a hotel bit as well just so we actually have a proper shower before we travel home that's all okay um but we might love it and just sack off the hotel at the end who knows but I yeah. actually really want to give my kids this experience because I never did anything like this growing mm. up ever mm-hmm. and I do think yeah I don't know we talk about it all the time don't we you kind of break that cycle you want to do things that you feel like you missed out on yeah um so yeah I, I really want to do it and also people listening you know do it because that's what they had in their childhood like I, yes. I camped all the time we used to we used to we used to drive from Dover across. We used to go on the ferry across to Calais. We used to put the bikes on the back and we used to just bootle down France. And then we used to like plot up camp up or stay in like these like old little farmhouses and then cycle around. And then we used to put an actual tent up. And, you know, like I had, I had amazing memories from my childhood yeah. doing that. And do you know what? I think the kids are at an age now and people listening will probably agree. You know, when they're babies being in a tent, I don't know, for me, that doesn't really no. excite me. But now kids four and the girls are that much older. I reckon it's something we could do. So a camp van where you've actually got, you know, kitchen. We have, um, we've got a stove and I think we've got a tap. So awesome. we've got one step up from a tent, I'd say. <laughs> Gonna be great. Entry Keep the level. content coming. Yeah, Entry I can't level, wait. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into today's chat. Um, because I take it that the camper van doesn't have a swimming pool, but the person that we're chatting to today is incredibly good at swimming. <laughs> she is, and actually gave us such a good insight into what it's like um growing up when you're training to be a professional athlete, her hopes for her own children. It was just a lovely conversation and I really can't wait for you guys to hear it. Super chatty, really honest. What an amazing person. Very funny as well. Stick around for this one. It's going to be good. Who are we chatting to today, George? In case you haven't guessed, we are chatting to the wonderful Rebecca Adlington. Welcome to the podcast. How are you, Becky? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Even though it's slightly melting in the heat, but all good. <laughs> oh my gosh, don't. And so where are your children today? Are they at school, nursery? So uh, my seven-year-old is at school and my one-year-old is um, out with my husband because they're off to his parents' house for the day. Oh, nice. That's always yeah. the best way, isn't it? So you can just cope by yourself. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I mean, gosh, we've got so much that we want to talk to you about. Um, but I think, first off, I'm really interested to know what your childhood was like. I loved my childhood. I loved, I absolutely loved it. I've got two older sisters. So like, it was always so much fun. There was always a lot going on. Um, I think it helps having like older siblings as well. Me being the baby, just following them around everywhere. Um, But yeah, it was like, I mostly remember like holidays, things like that, like birthday parties, always going to the pool, always that sort of thing. Um, And it's funny when you think back of your childhood, because like, even though both my parents work full time, don't remember my parents not being around. It's it's so so good. Yeah, it's so weird. Like I just don't, I always remember them being there and like that family time. And I think growing up in a small town, probably 
helped that because they didn't yeah. work too far away and there was always stuff going on and grandparents and everything else so yeah it was great and so were you always really good at swimming was it one of those things where they dropped you in the pool and you just swam off no no like, not not quite like <laughs> I think I think it was one of those I always loved it like always loved it from day dot um, and I think that was because my older sisters so I think I could fully see that they could swim and they weren't scared so like by the time I could, like when we was going on holiday, I was like two or three and I could see that they was fine in the water. So I was like, oh, I just want to get in. And it was like that moment that on holiday, apparently my mum was stood there blowing up my armbands because there were still those horrendous blow up ones, like yeah. not like the disc that you have now, but the horrendous blow up ones. My mum was there and I was like waiting to get my armbands on. And I just apparently ran in the pool and my uncle dived in after to save me and he's the only one that can't swim out of all the adults so we all laugh about it because he do, he was the one that was like I'll go and yet he can't swim I was like I'm not sure what you wanted to do there but it it was that moment that my mum and dad were like we're putting her in lessons so yeah I then started having lessons and stuff like that but I wouldn't have said I was like really good I wasn't like Tiger Woods who was just crazy at the age of like four um yeah. I just chat too much I always used to get told off in my swim lessons for talking too much my gosh so there's hope for our kids then because I find <laughs> that in swimming lessons or in any lessons I'm like concentrate stop talking to the other people oh no I talked all the time that's definitely was me <laughs> and so I guess when did it become like a serious sport for you and when did you realize that it was going to be your profession I don't think I ever realized it was going to be my my look like my job my profession in that sense I think it's just because it's swimming like this isn't football like where you get scouted by an academy at the age of like eight and like you join this and then there's all these people signing contracts and doing all this like there's none of that in swimming I think when you're part of such a smaller um, minority sport it's just a case of that you love it and it was just my hobby Um, so I started like properly training from the age of like 11 where that was mornings before school at like the 5am starts and all that kind of stuff yeah so that was where like the commitment I'm also like it's not the fact that I knew I was good or knew I wanted to go to the Olympics at 11 it was just that's where the commitment began that was where it was like a full thing of okay this is competitions at weekends early starts trying to manage everything um and both of my sisters swam as well until they were like 15 16 so again it was kind of like a family thing so it became easier um but then as my sisters kind of stopped I was like I still want to go and I still had a passion for it so it kind of just the intensity got bigger and bigger um and then it wasn't I honestly didn't ever think I'd make the Olympics until I made the Olympics when I was 19 I just thought I'm a girl from Mansfield I'm never gonna make the Olympics or do anything I'd never even met another Olympian so I was a bit like I don't know when you're from a small town you don't you have a different attitude towards it because it doesn't seem real I think when you're from like now I live in Manchester and you see all these amazing football teams and you've got the cricket and you've got so much going on you could see it firsthand whereas like I think for me growing up it was like I just didn't see anything firsthand so I just thought 
oh, it doesn't happen. It's like winning the lottery. It just doesn't happen to people that you know. Yeah. And do you look back now? Because, I mean, when I think about like all the sports and like all of the clubs that I have to take my children to at the moment, I'm like, oh my God, when is this going to end? This is such a big sacrifice. Do you look back now and think, wow, you can't believe how much commitment your parents had to taking you and like being involved? I say that all the time. Like I genuinely don't know how my parents did it. Like, my parents had three kids. I only have two. And most of the time I'm like, my head's about to blow off and I don't have time <laughs> yeah. to do anything. Like I've had to, we've had to cut back this year that my daughter had to drop something this year because it was every single night, weekends doing something. And I was like, something's got to give. Like I literally can't take you here, there and everywhere. And it was, and I, I felt really bad as a parent because I thought back to my parents and I was like, how on earth did they do it with three kids working yeah. full time? I'm like, I don't get it. How did I you know. go? It blows my mind. <laughs> Me too, because that's what I, I think about it all the time. And I'm like, how, like, how can you logistically be doing all of those things? But somehow my husband played sport and he, his, he's got three older sisters and somehow his parents worked full time and took him to South London. They lived in North London. So it's like an hour and a half every Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, when did you, when did you have a life? Do you How? ever remember, yeah. do you remember like having battles with your parents? Like if you didn't want to go or were there any times in like, maybe when you became a teenager where that temptation to do other stuff came up? Do you know what? Not from me. No. Like I always That's loved so going swimming and I think it was one of those that I felt like I gained. Again, I think it's a small town thing because there wasn't as much going on. So I think it was like my school friends used to come in the next day and be like, oh, what did you do last night? And they would occasionally like, oh yeah, done this or we went here or whatever. Whereas I had something to do every night. Some of the nights they'd just be like, oh, I was really bored last night. Whereas I was never bored. I never had that. Um, And there was always that stuff to do. And I felt like I had uh, a second group of friends. I felt like I only gained. And then once I started to kind of travel, once I was about 15, I started to go away a lot more, like 14, 15, going on camps. And I was like, I'm traveling the world here. Like, this is absolutely amazing. And I just, I just felt like I gained more than wanted to miss out. Like, there was definitely a moment like my parents, I think, struggles. Like, I remember when I was like 12. And at the time, um, my parents were driving to Lincoln. So it was like an hour and a half, two hours drive um, for the swimming club. And my mum was driving back one day because we used to get up at like three in the morning, go training. Oh my gosh. I know. It was horrific. It was horrific. And my mum pulled the car over as we were driving home. And I was like, you okay? Like thinking just what's going on, something wrong with the car. And then she just got out of the car and she just fainted. I was only 12. And I was like, oh my God, didn't really know what to do. Obviously, like she came around and then it was like that week it was... Becky, I can't keep taking you to Lincoln. Like it's it's genuinely like I, I can't sleep and I can't like I can't manage everything. So that's when I moved with my coach that I then ended up with in Nottingham for the rest of my career. So even though it took that horrible moment, it was actually like a blessing because then I ended up with the coach that I was going to be with for the rest of my career. So it was great. But it was just one of those that you do appreciate more the impact of your family, like and your sisters. Like my sister, I used to come home from training, get home about eight o'clock at night. My sisters had cooked me tea that we would all then sit around and have a family meal because that was something that my parents were really like, we eat together as a family. That was their like rule. Yeah. 
So my sisters would wait until eight o'clock at night to eat their tea. They'd also made sure that they had done all their schoolwork so then they could help me with my homework. And it was just like really selfless from everyone in my family that I was like, this is crazy. Like, I I feel like most siblings just argue, whereas mine yeah. are really supportive. <laughs> I mean, that that is incredible. Do you think you would want that sort of life for your children? I would love my children to get involved in sport. I think what sport has given me, and I can say this now, I've been retired for 10 years, (laughs) that hindsight is a wonderful thing. I think stepping out of sport, I see how much it's given me. Like I don't even look back at the medals. Like I I just don't because your life's not that now. But actually, it's given me so much that I carry in my life. Confidence, especially during my teenage years, sport was the thing that helped guide me through those horrible years of feeling insecure and just really kind of horrible, like, you know what I mean, like the teenage years. And I just had something I felt confident in. I didn't ever feel lost. I felt like I belonged to something. Um, And I was part of something that was like so special as well. I traveled the world. I met these incredible people that actually it's given me like discipline and determination and routine and all this sort of things that I'm like, I'd love my kids to have that. Like absolutely love them to just not give up and be that ambitious and just kind of have everything that I had because I loved it. Yes, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. Really hard. But at the same time, I think, isn't everyone's life hard at times? Yeah. And I think you're so right. It's, you know, even if you don't become sort of like a professional sports person, having like a team sport, like you you might gain, you know, how to work with other people. Like, you yeah. you know, yours a solo sport, You but you would in like mix with new groups of friends and travel. And there's so much, you know, so much to gain from sport. But I think, I mean, I really hated sport at school. I really, really hated it. And I look back and I'm so gutted that I had that experience because it was always, you know, I've got my period and every week and it was because it was cold in the swimming pool getting changed and you know we're going through puberty and we didn't want anyone to see us and just all of that kind of stuff and I really hope that it that changes would you do you see that it's changing and now girls in particular are getting into sport more or do you think it's just the same and we need to do loads more work I think it's yeah I think it's so broad and I think it's like you'll go into one school and they're doing loads about it and they're really proactive or they've got a really great group group of girls that will just get stuck in and then you go to other schools or kind of other places and it's not the same and I think there's I think that's the issue that there's not a standardized approach. There's not a standardized box standard. This is what you're going to get. And this is kind of what to expect and the support there for the schools as well. Um, And like you said, it's just so funny because I just don't think it's talked about. Like I remember my husband, that's him, was so shocked that he was like, with my period, he was like, so what did you do then the the week that you got your period? I was like, (laughs) "What, what do you mean? He was like, well, what did you do another sort of training? Not go in the pool. I was like, you can't go in the pool when you've got your period. There's something called a tampon, my love. And he was like, oh, he just had no clue. And I think it's just like, and I know he's a he's a guy, so he doesn't need to know about that sort of stuff. But it's that like, if the guys don't know what's going on with girls and why they're missing PE, then they might get picked on or they yeah. might not understand. And I think it's just that education all round. Like it's sometimes not a case of that a girl 
wants to sit out. It's just a case of, like you said, just feels embarrassed or doesn't know how to deal with it. So the school then needs to make it like, oh, actually, let's just do a girls only session. Like, like let's be adaptable and let's kind yeah. of break down the barriers or like simple things like installing a hairdryer into a changing room. It seems like it's like, why would that make such a difference? But if you're going back and you don't want to walk around school with soaking wet hair, exactly, just put in a hairdryer and a mirror so the girls can dry their hair and put a bit of makeup on after will yeah. massively change that. You're so right because I remember look like when I used to look at my timetable and if I had swimming first thing in the morning, I'd be like, okay, well that's it. I'm not doing it. Like I'm not doing. I'm, that's I'm not going swimming this morning because then I've got to like feel damp and soggy and horrible and my skin will be dry for the rest of the day. And actually, it's such a small thing. You're so right. You're so right. But yeah, it, they seem like really trivial things, but they do make a difference, especially to teenage girls who, you know, their minds are going. You know, there's so much going on at that time. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But anyway, I really want to get onto your journey to being a parent and how that's been for you. You. Um, you were quite young when you had your first your first daughter, um, or your daughter, your only daughter. Um, tell me, did, was that you know? Did you always want to be a young mum? I'd never really thought about it, and I know that sounds weird, but I think growing up in sport, like I was just so focused on sport, and I think it was just that way that you didn't really think about marriage and kids when you're doing sport. So I was yeah. so focused on Olympics. And obviously my last Olympics was when I was 23. So I hadn't even entertained it until I got to 23 and stopped sport that yeah. just hadn't even thought about it, which I know sounds bizarre, but you just don't. Your body is, well, I can't even entertain that because my body is 100% focused and disciplined and fuel and need energy. And it's a performance aspect, not, oh, I want to make a baby. I mm-hmm. don't know. It's just the culture. You just don't think about it. So it was something that I think just naturally happened once I got married and, and everything else that just kind of happened. Obviously, then I got divorced and everything else happened. But it was one of those that just, yeah, I didn't really think anything of my age, to be honest. It was just I was so excited and then so excited that I had a daughter and just everything else that it was just... Yeah, I look yeah. back now and I probably think, oh gosh, I was really young. You didn't feel it at the time? No. Well, I guess you'd achieved so much at such a young age as well and you're probably a lot more mature than other people at that age. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I just think, <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like, I, I never would have classed myself as maternal. Like my yeah. sisters are very maternal. Like my sisters is very much like, oh my God, we want loads of kids growing up. They're like, they knew all of that. Whereas for me, it's just a bit more winging it. Um, and I wasn't as maternal. And then once I had my daughter, that's when this maternal side came out. And I was like, really shocked. Everyone thought that I was going to be like bad cop. When, and parenting, I was going yeah. to be the tough one and the bad cop and whatever. And then I had my, my daughter and it was like, I'm completely so soft and like good cop and just totally softened me um, and totally changed me who I am as a person. Like it's weird when, because my husband didn't know me before then. And he's like, I can't imagine you being any different. I'm like, I was so different. You you mentioned obviously like the breakdown of your first marriage. And how was that as, you know, as as a mum? I mean, any marriage breaking down is difficult, but I guess when there's children involved, it is... It's, it's harder. We, you know, we've spoken to people on here before about it. Just just sort of talk to me about that. It is. A, I think, like you said, it's 
it's hard anyway. But then when you add kids into the mix, it's extremely difficult because you're always connected to that person. When you were younger, you could break up and it would be like, see you later. And you, Mm. you might pass them in a pub or you might occasionally see them or something. But normally you have that clean break. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to deal with them, et cetera. Whereas I think with um, when you've got kids, you, you're you're ending your marriage, but you know you're always connected to this person. Like yeah. you've got to let like pettiness go. Like we've got to let like our own things go for the sake of summer. Um, and I think that's what we did really well, to be honest. And we always put her first. And I think as well, she was so young. I think she was like, can't even remember. I want to say she was like six months old. So she was an absolute baby. She doesn't remember it at all. She has no yeah. recognition. So I think it's it must be very difficult for people that have older kids and understand mm. what's happening, whereas she was very young. And does she ever ask you any questions about it now? Um, not massively. Like she'll she's said in the past, like very occasionally, like, Mummy, how come you don't live with daddy? And I'm like, well, we don't. And this is why. And I live with Andy and Andy's my husband. And like, she fully, but she kind of just goes, okay. And then runs off. Like, she, it's like, she wants to ask, but then she's not really bothered when you tell her. She's like, yeah. okay. So tell us about, you know, meeting Andy. Was it daunting getting back into dating? Yes, very. Um, and it was awful. I was just like, because everything had changed. It was like, I met so many people like of my past partners just through swimming. Like I met Harry through swimming. So it was kind of like, hold on, how do I meet people? How do you go about this? And it was like, everything was online and I really didn't want to do online dating um, just because I was so scared about it. It was like the unknown because I'd never been on it. Um, But I definitely think I had the best Bumble experience ever seen as like Andy was the first person I ever went on a date with from online dating. And then we ended up married with baby. So um, definitely had a good, obviously he dated loads for years off the, off the app. So his story is not quite, quite the same, but yeah, it just worked. I think I was really particular about it though. I would think I was probably a bit like had more set rules about online dating. We'll be right back after this short break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? How did you feel about going on the on the dating apps, Rebecca? Was that something that you were were kind of like, you know, really passionate about? Something that you were forced into, didn't want to do it? Where, where, where was your head at? I think it was more a case of I hadn't dated in so long. And I think it just, I kept asking people and they were like, oh, we don't really have any single friends. Because I just thought, oh God, it's so much easier if somebody just set me up with somebody and like whatever. But None of my friends were had single friends or anything. So I was just like, oh God. And then the more and more people I spoke to going, oh, well, how did you meet your partner? Or how how did you do it? How do you date? And et cetera. It just kept coming back to online dating. Everyone just kept coming back to there. And um, I chose Bumble because everybody was like, go to Bumble. Yeah. Tinder's yeah. a bit more yeah. cash. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bit swipey, yeah. a bit, bit, bit fast cashy, paced. Bit, yeah. bit whatever. Um, and I wasn't after that. Like I, like Summer was two. So I was like, okay, like I've got a two-year-old. So this is a little bit different. But it's so funny because like Andy just didn't know who I was, which was lovely because I think people expected that my profile picture was me and my medals. So I was like, no, guys. like, No, it's not going to be that. The girl has to talk first on Bumble. I don't know. It wasn't that bad because my profile was just like normal, like holiday pics and like normal photos, like out and about. It just said Becky, didn't say my surname. And I just put in, I think I put in like mum. I can't even remember what it, I didn't, I didn't, I basically didn't reference anything to do with Olympics or something. So I don't necessarily think people did straight away um a a couple of conversations then led down that route going I've got to ask are you Beckett and I was like yeah yeah it's me yeah so then I kind of just was like no no what was it what was it like kind of that first sort of that first moment that you were like right I'm here I'm ready for this how did that feel you know inside and were you chatting to any mates about that whole process were you ready to get out there and meet somebody I guess yeah yeah I kind of was just like it's time to move on it was kind of like it had been way over a year way over a year Mm. since I've been divorced and it was kind of like okay I do want to meet somebody I am like I do like being in a relationship um Mm. etc so I was was just ready and I just wasn't meeting anyone so I was just like I just thought I got to that stage where I was like I'm just going to be single forever with loads of dogs and (laughs) just like (laughs) so I was just like you know what and and everyone said it and it, it was it was fun it was definitely fun going through the process of like even just looking at online dating, it was like a fun, exciting thing to do at the mm. time, definitely. Can I just quickly ask about, because I'm married to somebody who has a daughter from a previous relationship. Uh, so I have a stepdaughter, Isla, who's now nine. And I met her when she was really little. She was about mm, 15 months old. Aww. And my husband, Dozza, had some really kind of strong sort of ideas on, you know, which absolutely when I was going to meet her and how that was going to look and the conversations. And I remember him saying to me once, I remember like falling in love with him and thinking in my head, oh my gosh, I fall in love with him. And then he sat me down and said, look, just so you know, there is a only one woman in my life and that is Isla he was like as long as you're okay to take second fiddle to her and I remember thinking at the time okay I'm quite hurt but I get it but I don't really get it like I was trying to process all these feelings like I guess did you have any of those thoughts and feelings and did you or did you kind of think well I'm just going to let the process flow with my daughter and introducing her to somebody new depending on who I meet no I definitely had like certain things like just with just what she's seen. I mean, she was two, so she was still just quite young, didn't really understand. But at the same time, like I wanted to protect her. I didn't want her to see loads of different people coming in and yeah. out. Like, and I just didn't want that. So I was very like, okay. So I kind of, I dated Andy for, for ages um, first before they fully kind of started to have 
more of a relationship. And again, she didn't really realize it too. Um, anything. She she just loved to play. Andy would play with her. So she was like, oh, I like him um, <laughs> because it was fun. But I think that you've got to be more protective when you've got kids. But my thing during pretty much the first year, really, of our relationship, definitely the first six months was when S- Summer is with Harry and it's dad time. That's when then I went on dates with Andy. Like I didn't see him every night of the week. It wasn't like a jump straight in thing just because it was a, well, now I'm having me in summertime now. It's our time. So it was only really when I didn't have summer that then we used to go on dates and do stuff like that, which was really nice actually because it meant we took it quite slowly and actually got to know each other properly. So I actually preferred it. Did you have a conversation about Harry, with Harry about Andy meeting Summer? Was that something you did together or was it something you kept quite separate? No, it's kind of like we're both really respectful in that sense that we'll both just say, look, this is who I'm dating, really want you to meet them sort of thing. And and I think you've just got to be. Um, well, it's different now, obviously, with, with Harry dating because obviously with Summer's a lot older. So Summer comes back and grasses anyway. She's like, I met this. And I'm like, Summer's such a grass, bless her. So it's, it's very different now she's older. But obviously at the time, it's just a respect thing. I think at the end of the day, mm. Harry is Summer's dad. Like Andy is a fantastic stepdad and like loves Summer so much. And it's like so lovely to see their relationship but at the same time Andy's really respectful that Harry's her dad do you know what I mean and and they kind of Mm. we all get on and it's always been really nice to have that kind of relationship and that communication and we've never had any issues touch wood to to date so fingers crossed it keeps going like that (laughs) with Andy he was like how do you want me to go like he doesn't didn't have kids obviously we now have Albie but before that and and none of his sisters had kids at the time as well so Andy wasn't really exposed to any children Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of a difficulty because Andy just wasn't used to kids so it it kind of took him a while to be like okay this is different like our holidays were different because they've got to be focused a bit more around kids activities rather than Mm -hmm. adult like let's just go get drunk holidays (laughs) So it's slightly I miss those holidays. <laughs> you just had one, holidays. shut up. I've just had one, to be fair. Still drunk now, no. But they are, like, but you don't get that when your kids are young. Like once your kids are a bit older, I think you kind of have a bit more of that or you go on Hindus or separate things. Like I go on girly yes. holidays, but we don't really have those together. But so Andy definitely has had to adapt, but he's just been so willing to adapt as well. That's what's blown mm. my mind. He's never, ever moaned or complained or had any issues with it he's from day dot just totally understood he was like summer's the focus and totally um and it's just been really sweet to kind of see that there's definitely been situations where i'm like okay how do we navigate this and just be sensitive to it and things like that just with him, like he's when he started to tell her off, he used to come to me and be like, "Is that okay?" And I'm like, "Of course it is. She's been naughty. Like, absolutely yeah. tell her off. Like, yeah. you can't be shy to tell a kid off if they've been naughty. Like, she's done something wrong." But he felt really uncomfortable. He was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I should." So it was just more with that sort of stuff because I think it is that discipline aspect, isn't it? That's really hard when you're not the parent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's easy to be the fun one, isn't it? That comes yeah. in and plays the games and does all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I guess when it becomes serious, it's hard to do that with somebody well, somebody else's child, even though they're kind of your child as well. Yeah. Well, it's a funny line. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot, don't we? It's a really it's a really funny line because 
actually find it easier to parent Isla, my stepdaughter. You know, she, her and I have always had such a brilliant relationship, very honest. You know, she respects me. I respect her. You know, she listens. I listen to her. It, like, we have a real deep understanding, whereas my two, the youngest, are quite fiery and, you know, they'll regularly shout in my face and I'm like, oh, they won't listen to me. So I think in a way like that, that, that step parent, child, step child relationship can be so so special no can be really important and I I totally obviously I don't have that but as in I totally agree from seeing Andy I think kids just don't listen to mum and dad like I can say the same thing over and over again and someone just doesn't listen somebody else tells them oh okay yeah and I'm like what's that about like I said exactly the same thing so it's definitely just mum and dad that disconnect and I said that to Andy as well I was like I want Summer to feel like as she, especially as she gets older, like she's only seven, but certainly she goes into those teenage years that if she ever feels, and I hope she doesn't feel uncomfortable coming to me or a dad, but I want her to have that person. I want Mm. her to have that with Andy that she can go to Andy and say, look, this has happened and it's bothered me and it's upset. If she ever feels like she couldn't come to me, I I really hope that Mm. never happens, but it does, doesn't it? Sometimes some situations that I've never always wanted to go to my mum and dad so I think having that other person and I think that's where a step parent can be a really beautiful thing because they can be that Mm -hmm. kind of go between and she's she does to kind of say different things to him than she does me all the time I think she sometimes plays up to the fact that I will give in or be soft if she says certain things Yeah. yeah and I guess that's actually such a positive takeaway from having for having a blended family is that you that your children have more adults influencing their lives yeah. and more people to go to and it's actually yeah like so you always say that don't you you have like a different relationship with Isla and she she hopefully she only gains from that yeah I find it quite hard I, like, I always really just want to respect her wishes with it you know if she comes to me with a secret and she says that please don't tell daddy and then I'm like faced with this dilemma oh yeah what do you do, do I tell, like I, I really don't and then I'll say so I'll say to him you know look, I'm not going to give you the details but in short this is what Isla said to me and let's just get our arms around her a little bit because she's feeling x y and z yeah so I'll do that and then so she doesn't think that I'm being disloyal but it, again that that brings up other kind of challenges and difficulties because you're like oh I have to sort of tell your dad I can't keep this just to myself but yeah it's it's nice to be the confidant yeah anyway oh. and also it's another person to love your child exactly That's what yes. I think. I'm like the more people that love my child and will be there for my child and support them the better because if I'm ever not mm. around I just know that she's going to be filled with so much love that I'm like she's okay mm. Yeah. Mm. And then, of course, you went on to have um, Albie. So tell us about that pregnancy and how it compared to your first. I think it was so different because I was obviously a lot older. Like they've got like a six year gap um, and I totally forgot the newborn stage. I was like, oh, my God, what do I do with a newborn? So weird. (laughs) You just forget it, don't you? It's like your brain just goes, no, delete that. Forget how hard that was, etc. But and um, it's just been so nice. I was really worried about the age gap. I was kind of like, ooh, because all me um, and my sisters are so close in age and Andy to his sisters are really close in age as well. Um, so it was kind of just, we were used to having really small age gap. It's been such a lovely thing. Like she, Summer loves him. He loves Summer. Every time, like he constantly now says, he doesn't say many words. He, he talks, but he babbles. He doesn't make sense. Whereas the one word he constantly says is summer, 
Sunma. Oh, he constantly sweet. just says her name. How old is he? How old is he, Rebecca? Uh, 16 months old. And he's just oh, obsessed gorgeous. with her. He's always like, and, it, and I'll say to him, where's Summer? And he goes looking for her. He's like, where is Summer? She, he, he loves her. And she like helps. She like sits there and feeds him. If I'm cooking, it's like I've oh got God. an extra pair of hands. It's great. And mm. yeah, they love each other. It's fab. There must actually be a nice age gap yeah. because like you said, Summer can be there to help you. She can go get the nappy. She can go get the yeah. wipes. She can be, you know, really sort of gentle. You know, they're not like lamping each other, <laughs> which is when you get siblings close together, yes. that's all they do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there is a lot to be said, especially I think, mate, oh, I mean, I'm being stereotypical, but if you have a girl first and then you leave it, a big age gap like we were on holiday like recently and my daughter Gigi found this group of, like seven eight-year-olds I didn't have to do anything they took her to the toilet <laughs> like they fed her they just looked after her I was thinking God, I just got this all wrong <laughs> she's a real life doll so true it is so true though like I do think it will change like when she's 17 and he's 11 she's going to be like sod off but yeah. at the same yeah. time like She's so loving and caring. Like I, I openly say she's more maternal than me at seven. It's ri- literally ridiculous. Oh, she's sweet. She's so helpful and loving and caring that I don't ever, as much as I think, yeah, it might change and there will be those things where she doesn't want a little bother clinging on to her. Actually, I think she is still going to be really loving and caring to him, even mm. at that age, just because that's who she is. Um, so I, I'm, that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> Talk us through your um, your pregnancy with Albie and, and the moment that you found out that you were pregnant. Yeah, it was one of those that was a complete surprise, complete shock. Um, I've got polycystic ovaries, so I've always really struggled with kind of just periods, hormones, fertility, everything anyway, um, and kind of just didn't really expect it or me and Andy's thing, because we weren't married at the time either, was just like, look, if it happens, it happens. But it was kind of so rare that it was going to happen. I know how difficult it, it is just with my ovaries. I've got one tube that doesn't work. It's like always had a nightmare with, with kind of periods and everything. So I kind of just didn't really expect it, to be honest. So it kept, totally came out the blue. Um, and it was one of those that was just like, because it was a complete sh- surprise, it took us a couple of weeks to be like, my God, my God. We just kept going, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) It was so bizarre. But then it obviously was fine. It was just really hard in lockdown um, because it was one of those that Andy couldn't come to any of the appointments with me. And I think having another child out of COVID bubble, I knew the difference. I knew the care that I normally get. I normally see the midwife every time, not phone appointments. And then you get your partner there at the scan with you. And I just massively knew the difference. So it was really difficult. And I was so panicked the whole way through that Andy wouldn't be at the birth. And it just created this bubble of anxiety that I permanently had just going, what if he's not with me? I can't do this by myself. And I just was freaked out the whole process, just going, I don't want to do it by myself. I can't do it by myself. Um, And I left it way too late. Like by the time I got in hospital, because I was so scared they were going to say, Andy can't be with you. I was eight centimeters by the time I got to hospital because I I know because I was so scared that they would say, and I should have gone way too, I was throwing up. I literally couldn't even function. Andy just starts to put my trousers on for me, bless him. I was throwing up. He had to stop the car on the way to hospital just so I could keep throwing up. Oh gosh, Becky. It was horrendous, but I was so scared that they would say, 
oh, Andy's got to wait in the car. And I was like, I can't have that. I need him with me. I, I can't do this by myself. And luckily he was with me the whole time. So I was like, thank gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, thank God. I was going to ask, I was just going to ask about the, about the labor. And obviously by that point, eight centimeters dilated, did you go in and, and push and, and done? Pretty much like an hour later there I'll be was it was just like bizarre and it was just one of those that your second one as well you kind of know a bit more of the process you kind of know what's going on know what to expect but it was through the middle of the night I mean does anyone have a labor or pregnancy that's not through the night like I just I don't know anyone that's really that isn't it did you George did you give birth in the in the Um, day not to Axel but Gigi yeah it was really? like yeah, the middle of the day, which is so weird. Yeah, yeah, it was really quick. It was like an hour and a half. So it, it oh, that must have been great. She I didn't, didn't miss know out day tonight. No, I didn't miss out on sleep, but I it it wasn't very nice being in hospital like during the day, like afterwards, because I thought I'd go home and then I had to sleep yeah. there, and then you know, like actually, it's never great. Is it? Is there ever a good time yeah, to, to there's no, such a big thing out no of such a small time. hole? I just there's, don't think there is no good time. <laughs> Definitely. Do you remember the first time that Summer met Albie, and how how was she? Oh my God, she was just. I've got I've got the photo. So she, Summer was at Harry's, and um, I we had came got out of hospital in the evening so I gave birth at like 6 a.m came out of hospital and I really was desperate I wanted to go straight away to Harry's so Summer could meet Albie I didn't want to go home without Mm. her meeting him so drove to Harry's straight from hospital and walked in and she just went oh my god that's my baby brother she'd like and then we sat her down and she like we put Albie on her and there's just a photo where she's like she just couldn't stop smiling it was the cutest thing like such a cutest thing she's like just kept kissing him she was really gentle with him it was just like oh it was so beautiful and because she was still off school um because the schools didn't go back till the april we still had a month at home with with summer and getting to know albie so i think that kind of transition Mm. really helped as well because she didn't feel like oh i'm going to school and you're still here and i don't get to be with my brother like she loved that time and then she was ready to go back to school yeah yeah yeah. and how are you feeling about Baby number three, dare I ask? Oh. Where's, your, where's your head at? I think it's one of those for me. Andy would really love another one, whereas I'm like, it's not your body. <laughs> no. That's, that's, that's my answer to everything. I'm just like, but yeah. it's not your body, it's fine. Um, and it, I think, it, again, it's one of those that I don't want to put pressure on. We've got two beautiful babies. Like, I just love them absolutely to death. That I'm like, you know what? If we're not meant to have a third child, we're not meant to. I kind of just... With everything that goes on with me hormonally and polycystic over it and everything already, yeah. I'm kind of like, I just don't want it to be a pressured thing. If it happens, it yeah. happens. If it doesn't, we've got two beautiful children. Yeah. Win-win, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And talk to us about your swim school that you've set up. Yeah, so I set this up after London. It was like the thing after Inspire a Generation, the whole legacy of London Olympics and constantly being spoke about that. I was like, okay, something needs to be done about the state of swimming in our country. It's not great. Like a million children leave primary school just in the UK and not being able to swim. And I find that shocking. I'm like, we live on an island. Like it's a tiny island compared to some countries as well. Can't live your life without seeing water. And it was just one of those that I'd been promoting other people's. I'd been trying to get school swimming better. And I just kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what? I need to be a bit more responsible for this. I can't be 
lobbering and saying everyone else needs to do something about it if I'm not going to do something about it myself. Yeah. Setting up my own was such a powerful thing. So I was like, I feel like I was contributing and helping in some way. Um, and it's just grown and grown and grown. And obviously 10 years later, here I am. And we've got like three different swim schools under one umbrella. We just after COVID launched our baby program. So for little babies, like zero to three, which you've never done before. It's always been like the three when you take your kids from three to 11. Is the three the stage where the parents don't have to get in the pool? Yes. So as soon as they turn three. That's the bit we like, George. Yeah. (laughs) So three is like they get to go in. They're just with the the teacher in the water, et cetera. Whereas that kind of zero to three, we've never really done before. Um, But actually, it's been amazing to launch it. It's been so lovely because A, because I've had Albie. So I go every week to take Albie and it's like, oh, it's so nice having a swim school because I've never did it with summer. With summer, I just like took her occasionally on my own. Um, and then she joined lessons at three. Whereas it's so nice this time with Albie, like from five weeks old, I've been taking him to lessons and he loves the water. Oh, this is so it. lovely. To, this is so lovely to hear. I've got to be honest, hands in the air. I feel like I, I've like massive mum fail with my youngest kit because Same. the other two girls, they swim and they, you know, no armbands, they're swimming. They did lessons. I just didn't do it with kit because of lockdown. Yeah. You know, he was two years old when we went into lockdown. He's just turned four. He won't get in the water without his armbands on. And on holiday, he was like, I'm cross for you, mummy. And I was like, oh, why? And he was like, you never took me to swimming. You never took me to swimming. And I was like, oh, oh God, God, Kit, I've got to do Jesus, that well. I've got to do it this summer. He's Same. got to be out. Of, like he starts primary school, he starts year uh, reception in September. And I'm like, he just needs his confidence building. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to, this has inspired me. I'm definitely going to do it. you going to do the same, George? I need to do it. Because, because Gigi swim. Oh my God, no. I took her swimming yeah. the other day because um, it was a nice day. I went to the outdoor pool at the gym. Yeah. And um, I got her in and she went... I don't like swimming, mummy. And I went, oh no, come on. Let, let's, she went, let's go and lay on the towel. And part of me was a little bit like, mm, oh, there's my girl. Yeah, all right then. We're going to lay yeah. on the towel. And so we did. We went and laid on the towel and I was talking to her. I was like, you know, we really should do swimming. Axel does swimming. You know, when we're on holiday, it's going to be so much fun if you can swim. She went, get a coffee <laughs> my good lord and I was like oh my god this is not good this I, I've got to do something about this but then equally I was like okay cool you're three now I don't have to come with you you can go in and be yeah. taught by someone yeah. who can actually teach yeah. you let's do that let's make a pack with each other then George because she can't be Mariah Carey forever can she no, no. and the thing <laughs> is like, sit with her ice last so we just had um summer's seventh birthday party at the pool Oh my God, it was like the best birthday party ever because the kids were just in the pool and you didn't have to deal with the mess. And it was just great and it was lovely. And she absolutely loved it. And she just wanted to play mermaids and go on the inflatables, which was fantastic. Oh, brilliant. And what's the school? What's the school called? Yeah, Becky Addington Swim Stars. And is it nationwide? Yeah, yeah. So we crossed the country, which is absolutely fab, predominantly northern, um, as you can tell from my accent. But (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those. It's been so lovely. And just get, like you said, so many people have missed out during COVID. And actually kids just automatically develop this fear. I don't know where it comes from. I think it's just part of their development. They go, oh, I'm scared. And actually Mm, a lot of it is just confidence. A lot of it is just so they're not fearful. So then on holiday, you could see them jumping in and having a good time. And and especially like now, if they are walking or out and about, just that you know they're going to be safe. It's like yeah. riding a bike. Once you know how to swim, you'll then know for the rest of your life. It's like, 
that's what's so good. You don't have to pay until they're like 16 unless they love it. <laughs> yeah. And um, we would love to ask you, as we do every guest, the best piece of advice that they have been given um, as a new parent or the piece of advice that they would give a new parent. I think it's one of those that for me, somebody said it to me quite early on and I always say it to people now that are pregnant. I'm like, look, everybody is winging it. And if somebody tells you that they're not winging it, they're lying. I was like, everybody wings parenting because your child is so individual. Yes, there's a base box standard things for parenting. Of course there is for safety and and everything else, but they've got to fit into your lives and your routine and what you've, whether you've got other siblings and your work and everything else, it's kind of like, they've got to adapt to you so you know your child best don't worry about comparing them or somebody else is doing this everybody's winging it and at the end of the day mm. they're like it's like with walking now Albie's walking and like talking a little bit and other people are like oh is that normal and I'm like well it's not going to get to 25 not walking and talking I'm fine like what's that everyone wants to compete with you don't they with parents yeah. it's like guys it's fine everyone's it'll happy. happen yeah yeah and tell us about some products that you love that make your life a bit easier. My pram, I love my, I've got one of those like real collapsible foldable prams. Like I've got an annex one, but obviously I know there's loads of different ones. And I'm like, I see people with these like prams that are like three different sections and absolutely massive and wheels yeah. that are like here. And I'm like, how do you go anywhere? I'm like, yeah. the pram just folds up. It's so easy. It's traveled to Florida, Cyprus, goes to Albie's nursery. I'm like, you know what? It's just so handy. I'm like, I don't understand people that have these massive things that they cart about. I'm like, Annex. Okay. Yeah. I never heard no, of I them. haven't. That's They're good. That's great. So good. You literally twist the handle and it goes down and then you only have to open it with one pull. It's not like wow. you have to press this, press this and then fold it down. It's Fab. And it's so good because it fits in the cabin um, thing on the aeroplane oh, as yeah. well. Oh, wow, so like, that's great. So yeah. much easier rather than waiting and carrying your kids through all Ugh. the way through. And then you're like, I've, my arm's about to drop off. So yeah, it's <laughs> so, so handy. I would always say like a swimming, like neoprene nappy. So there's like happy nappies, there's confidence. There's like loads of brands out there. They're an absolute godsend. Like just with the amount of times that we go swimming with Albie, I just don't have to worry because they like cling do you know the ones that I mean that yeah. like cling to the leg? So like you would obviously wear a swim nappy that's just like your ampers nappies. Or one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you'd have like your neoprene nappy on top, which basically like if they did poo, it keeps it in. No one's got to close the pool. Yes. Yeah. So they're poo explosion. Yeah. They're absolutely yeah. godsend because they're like they cling to them around the waist and around the legs, and then it's like soft in the squidgy nappy bit. So they're so good because you like. It's fine. I don't have to freak out that there's going to be a poo floating along. Thank God. Thank oh. God. Um, we've also got like an amazing um, portable high chair. I absolutely love. It's um, by My Little Coco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We love My Little Coco. Yeah. And it was like My Little Everything chair. And it like collapses down and we take it everywhere. And it's just such an easy oh, high so chair. Good. I, I've seen that chair. In fact, I saw someone in a restaurant the other day with it. And I really? asked, I asked oh, her, I was like, oh my gosh, where's that from? And she said, my little Coco. But yeah, you could literally just f- fold it out. Yeah, it's literally like a camping chair. So it literally mm. folds into one like thing and it's got a little bag carrier. So you just can carry it on your shoulder. It's dead. It's so really good. small. And That's then amazing. you literally push it open and put the tray on. 
And it's like, we take it everywhere. If we're going around to parents or whatever, because like my parents don't want to buy a high chair that's yeah. massive and whatever. Yeah. So we take it everywhere, whether we're going away, parents, family, friends, absolute godsend. Amazing. That's great. <laughs> Brilliant. Rebecca, it's been an absolute treat to chat to you. Um, we've loved it. I feel like we could sit in natural day, guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a cup of tea, glass of wine. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you. Right, add to the to-do list. Genuinely. Get Kit and Gigi into swimming lessons. I mean, the fact that he turned around to me and said that he was cross and upset with me because I hadn't given him swimming lessons. Mm. The guilt that I've been carrying around since then. Well, at least he's not it. told you at 18 when it's too late, you know? At least you've got time to rectify the situation. But at the same time, I don't want him to be 16 still wearing his Paw Patrol armbands. It's got to be done really <laughs> soon. See, I just got G like, I could just envision Gigi, like, being one of those women who swims with her head out. <laughs> No, honestly, though, I actually really don't want her to be like that because I just really don't. She needs to have fun. She needs to jump in and play with Axel. And it's actually horrible when you see them when they're just not confident in the water. Yeah. Um, It's worrying. It's actually worrying. It's worrying as well as you want them to have fun. It is. You do. You it, it changes everything on holiday you're, you can, you're anxious it's just yep. yeah I don't want that for her it's not going to happen we've got to the end of the year deal yeah. handshake, <laughs> handshake. Um, but th- thank you to Becky because I love the fact that she went into detail as well about you know Andy her, her new husband his role and when they got married actually was it a couple of years ago yeah a couple of years ago about his role as being a step parent as well and how she kind of introduced Summer and that side of it I found really interesting obviously you know with my own experiences but again like you said you know listening back to it and hearing her tell tales of you know growing up and and having that you know swimming in her life and how she kind of coped with all that it's really it's like a lovely insight into her world yeah definitely and also just in general like getting girls into sport we've touched on it before with Hayley but I think there's so much more chat around it and there is so much more to be done. Like she said, even putting hairdryers in the changing rooms at girls' schools would make such a difference and it seems silly, doesn't it? But I remember not wanting to swim because I didn't want to like have wet hair all day going into maths after. It's a real yeah. thing and like to a teenage girl, it's a lot. So I'm definitely going to be encouraging Gigi to get into some kind of sport, even if she's not good at it, just for everything she can take away from it. Gigi and Luna for the next Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the next one, we'll give them a few oh, no, more years yeah, after might need a bit more <laughs> um, as always thank you so much for listening to the podcast and thank you for supporting us if you do have time to give us um, a little review that would be lovely it only takes a couple of minutes and of course rate and subscribe and you can follow the podcast too so you don't miss an episode yeah please do and do tag us in your pictures how and where you're listening because we love to see them um, you can drop us a DM anytime we're on at made by mummers we try to reply to all messages we do our very best and we'll be back on Friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.